Hey everyone, and welcome to the 21st ever episode of the Lagging Behind podcast. As usual, I am your host, Squiggy, and I am joined this week just by Laura. Slazo made it 20 episodes, and then he had to miss an episode after saying he was going to go for an unbeaten run. The streak has to come to an end, just like the Undertaker's streak. But hi, Laura, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Can I also point out that he's missing the 21st episode, which means he might be out drinking in America or something? Get it? Because he's now point. legal age. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's he's missing the after party. That's what it is. Oh, uh, he didn't want to. He didn't want to party with us during the yeah. lockdown period where we can party on Zoom behind. Yeah. We can party oh, on Zoom. We can party on Discord and do whatever we want to do. <laughs> and if we're feeling really wild, Microsoft Teams. Hello. Oh, Microsoft Teams with a custom <laughs> background. That is the dream. But this oh, this daddy. is this is not the how many ways can you talk to someone online episode. This is the Lagging Behind podcast and we come to you every two weeks on a Tuesday, 9am on Anchor.fm, iTunes and Spotify. We are working on getting on Google Podcasts, but it has taken a lot longer than I expected. So let's just leave that part there. But as it is a new podcast, a new podcast? It's not a new podcast. This is the 21st episode of this podcast. It's a new episode. So let's talk about what we've been playing. Normally we go straight to Slazo, but Slazo, as again, I have said, he is not here. So Laura, you can take us away. I can't believe I've had to wait so many episodes to get the first, get up at the bat first. But um, I'm going to disappoint because I've actually been playing a lot of video games. The lockdown it's not disappointment, it's shock. Um, I know. Um, I say a lot. I've basically been pouring my heart and soul into Assassin's Creed Valhalla because I was determined to get this story done, Squeaky. I was determined because it is a long, big boy, meaty game to the point where I'm not going to, I'm not going to use spoilers here, right? Because I'm still playing it. But basically, I don't know how far you got, so I'm going to be really vague, but this isn't really spoiling. Not very so basically, the, the game is laid out where you do territory by territory, and each territory has a little different story arc for you to go deal with, blah, 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 blah. So you meet all different characters all the time. Yeah. That's the main meat of how it's laid out. So obviously, there is a point where once you've done all that and getting all these allies, obviously, they're all going to feature in some way, depending on how you've played it and your choices and who's there and stuff. You know, they're all basically it because it's, you know, you've got to get it done. But um, by the time it's the final mission and you're reunited with all these story arcs all coming to a head, you know, people. Yeah, I didn't know who half the people were with, with me in these missions. I was like, I don't remember you. And some of them have very similar names. But I was like, I think I remember your story arc. And I was like, nope, nope, that's a different guy. That's him. Um, because uh, you will find, and I have said this previously, some of the story arcs and the little missions you do, they're really original. Like, the story seems really well padded. Like, there's a little twist, a little turn. It's like a little... You get invested. Like, um, the story featuring Halfdan, who is a famous Viking, I think. I might be wrong. Because some of them are, you know, like the Magna... You know what I mean? They're, like, he's real legend, the Vikings. Yeah. But um, the story involving Halfdan was really cool. It had a real good twist, and there was a lot to it. So I remembered all the characters from it. Um, there was one story like, I just can't, and the guy was like, oh, I really helped it when you helped me back out in and then he insert location and helped him. I was like, I don't remember what I did. Okay. Thanks for being here. For this I'll mission. take it. Yeah. It, that's the only thing. Like I said, it's a very long game to the point where when they tie everything together and they're like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, anyone that can name all these characters generally must have had a notepad beside them. Because it's kind, of like, it's kind of like Mass Effect, where you have a certain lot of characters. In, it's not like the suicide mission, but you know that sort of vibe where everyone's together in the same place and yeah. this is the big finale. 
and everyone gets little cameos. It's like, in Mass Effect, I remember who everyone is. There's too many characters in this. I'm not like, yeah. Yeah, so, to, and to be honest, like, from my really short... I've only put about four hours into it, so I'm really not far. And already, mm-hmm. I'm forgetting names of characters because, like, they seem to be popping up all the time. And then at one point in this cutscene, like, this person was just, like, sitting in the corner and um, I... Is it Ivo? Is that how you say it? Like, my character, yeah, like your character. He went to speak yeah. to this woman in the corner and I was like, have I met you? Have I spoke to you? And it was <laughs> the first It was the first mission that I did. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay, right. There's anyway. that sort of vibe all the way through. It's also the same vibe uh, where you have your home settlement. And I do remember most people, obviously, because you see them quite a lot when you go back to your home settlement to rebuild it up and stuff like that. But there's other times when I like, feel like I did a story arc review that was this. I can't really remember, though. Maybe that was someone else. And it's just, it doesn't take away your enjoyment from the game. But some of yeah. like, the, maybe the more emotional twists and stuff like that are wasted because it's just such a big boy game and this is taken into account me having to do all these side quests and everything in between so you get by the time you get to the end of the main story you're like whoa because that's the other thing i discovered this week is the final missions are like power level 340 i don't know what you're at screen you put that in comparison after four hours 12 but nice um i thought i was doing well yeah, so basically I was about 300-ish after just, you know, getting to the point where I've unlocked the final phase of the final story mode. Because I don't go around doing all the side quests. I just kind of did the ones I fancied and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but then basically I kind of had to do them to level up enough to do the final levels. So I felt a little bit peeved there because I was like, well, you technically say, you technically call them side quests, but really I have to do them to power level up. Because there is other ways to get your XP up, like just killing enemies in general. Yeah. But it's like the quickest way to do little side quests. So felt a little cheat. I thought that was a little sneaky, a little sneaky way of making me do stuff in the game. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> that I was like, eh. Um, but other than that, I have really enjoyed this Assassin's Creed. I feel like honestly, I've really enjoyed, and Father's just added to that. I do maybe think the Assassin stuff is a little further down. It's starting to feel even less like an Assassin's Creed which I kind of think we all expected when they announced Vikings because the best bit about being a Viking is the whole... Killing people charge. with hacks. Yeah, hack and Rearing slash. And that. Yeah, you don't really do that sneaky-sneaky. Yeah. It, um, they still have assassin stuff in it, like the order stuff, and you can do assassination in a way. But it does feel a bit like... It felt... It, some degree, it felt like a new experience, and then when I went back out of the Animus for Mission, like the whole tying it into the real world like they didn't start so i know you know there's a real world yeah um yeah. i'm not i'm actually not that much further after that yeah but basically when they go back to that or reference that or throw it back to that i'm like oh yeah this is an assassin's creed game because <laughs> yeah. part of me forgot um and i just thought yeah but it's pretty fun i poured a lot of hours into that an enjoyable experience and i'm sure i look forward to talking to you in about four months when you finish it because yeah it's it's a it's yeah, that's, that's the that was my problem. Well, with Odyssey, I didn't really. I just people said it was really long, and I I thought the start was really dragged out on it. I mean, I only played an hour, but I felt like I did nothing in that hour apart from walk from A to B a few times, and I thought I can't be bothered like to go through this part to then have to play probably the longest Assassin's Creed game ever. So I didn't. Bother. <laughs> and then like, yeah, but with but with Valhalla, I'm more interested in the Viking setting and everything like the first four hours I've played, I've really enjoyed because of the setting 
and everything like that. I'm just kind of waiting for like Anna and Elsa to turn up to make it. But uh, no, wow. I've, I've enjo- no, I've really enjoyed what I've played like the four hours. It's been it's been different because there hasn't been much like assassin stuff like what was like what you said. It's more been like hack and slash combat. Which I, I actually think is probably a little bit more fun, and I think the Assassin's Creed games were getting a little bit, a little bit boring because it was kind of the same thing. Like your assassinations are kind of overpowered, if you know what I mean. Like obviously in real, I, know I mean, mean I don't know in real life, but I'm assuming if you assassinate someone, it's probably just one swift blow to do it, which is kind of like in the game as well. But for a lot of even in Origins and then the one before that that I played. It was like, if I can climb onto this wall above and you can't see me, I can just jump down and assassinate you and that's it. So I was kind of getting a little bit bored of that. But that's me. I mean, no, I get that vibe. I get that vibe. But that was also the when they, it was nice when they took that break from it being yearly. I can't remember how long ago that was now. That sort of helped the franchise for me. Yeah, that's been a while, I think, that break, because it was... I know. It, it is a while ago. I said it. Yeah. <laughs> I said it. It's been a while, but I still appreciate that they did that break but then i also feel that break when that since they've come back every game has had a real defining identity i think i can definitely see obviously in Valhalla how closely related they are like in terms of gameplay and stuff but in terms of like it feels like a different experience because how different the setting is yeah yeah because like maybe origins was like the reboot so that was kind of a different game straight away then odyssey changed it a little bit more like probably made it a bigger game like role playing wise and then Valhalla's just changed the whole game completely a little yeah bit. because it's it's took you away from the assassination yeah. to really focus on vikings which everyone loves based on the popular tv show vikings hey yes. that's, a, that's a big hit show i've never watched Relevant. it but yes you really you really should it's very good it's got One your favorite bit. wwe superstars in it Ooh. I, I mean there's only like I think there's two cameos, and one of them's a regular, but that's not the point. <laughs> but that, apart from that's that. enough for me to advertise it. Yeah, apart from playing Assassin's Creed, um, FIFA, because yes. I like suffering. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm getting worse at FIFA, which is impressive. Or is everyone else getting better? I like to say it's me getting worse because I do feel like I could I could do better, which means that I would have to put out. But maybe I'm just so done so much Assassin's Creed that all I'm now good for is hacking and slashing. And that's why FIFA my cross. That's why my crosses have now gone awfully because I'm just hacking and slashing. Um, but your slide tag is a problem. <laughs> oh, chef's kiss. Am I right? Um, <laughs> I have got more red cards since playing more Assassin's Creed. Uh, but I, on FIFA, the only other thing I was going to point out is that I did the skill game that I couldn't do. I, there's a dribbling skill game, the max one. I just couldn't seem to rack up how to do points. And I did that with ease. So I was quite happy about that. So I was starting to get paranoid that I'd never do it. Because I kept being 50 points short, short of what I passed in school. And I was like, that seems out ludicrous. But I've worked out how to do that. So that was a nice achievement on FIFA. I have played, I have returned to Call of Duty Cold War for the multiplayer. Um, I noticed my AK-47 is back level because I'm a one-gun lady. But um, I really, I do enjoy Call of Duty Cold War. But I think it's that case of, I did, do a, I did a bit of a on the previous one but not overly poured my life into it so it feels like i've had a nice break from my little cod so when i play it i don't like you know like i got jaded after doing years and years of it that sounds really like probably should have just gone outside but it was like i don't get much from it but now i'm back and i'm enjoying cod even when i said i do feel like i've improved at cod recently so that's nice 
once again, hacking and slashing, maybe that helps my COD skills, ruins my FIFA skills, but <laughs> improvement elsewhere. Exactly, I can't. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think they're the three I've played. I don't think I have played anything else. So with Assassin's Creed uh, main story out of the way, you might see a little bit of variety come the next podcast, and that's something for listeners to be excited about. So it's going to be COD and FIFA, the next podcast? Hey, I feel, I'm going to try and sneak in some bugs in that chat. Yeah, I have that. Fancy. I know. I know. I'm fancy. Can you, uh, can you uh, beat Cod and FIFA then? And Assassin's Creed? I feel like I've stole your glory. Um, and there's so, an accent. I mean, we've, we spoke about Valhalla. I've played a little bit. I won't talk more about that. Um, FIFA, yeah, we play FIFA together. I've played Call of Duty, but I am not a one-gun kind of guy. Um, I'm in the process of trying to get diamond camo for my LMGs, which basically you've got to get the gold camo for LMGs. But to get the gold camo, you've got to unlock all the camos for like each gun that you want the gold camo for. So uh, yeah, that's been a bit of a nightmare. The first two LMGs were perfect. Like the Stone is one of the best LMGs in the game. This is this is COD Tactics, and now we're talking. Um, the Stone is one of the best ones in the game. The RPD is okay, but I just don't like the M60, and I'm really struggling with it. But I'm going to get it so I can unlock diamond camo for the LMGs. And then I might try and do a couple more gold camos for my assault rifles. That's the plan, anyway. But yeah, I, I, love I really like your COD. COD passion. Yeah, your COD passion when you're talking about getting diamond camos and stuff. Just, it's a little inspirational, to be honest. <laughs> it's, it's weird I'm because, not... like, I've had every, like, I've pretty much played every Call of Duty since Call of Duty 2, which I think was an Xbox 360 launch title. And like people say, oh, filthy casual, casual gamer. And it's like, I just really enjoy multiplayer Call of Duty. I could literally just play it forever. It doesn't really get boring to me because of all the different game modes. And like, obviously, games can go different ways, if you know what I mean. It's not just a case of, oh, I'm going to be on this team and win this game by miles. So I really enjoy it. And I'm actually like, without blowing my own trumpet, I am pretty decent at this one, which is probably why I like it a little bit more. Because if I wasn't, I probably wouldn't be even trying to get any camos at all. So... That's pretty much why I'm doing that. Um, what else have I played? Mentioned FIFA, Metal Gear. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll know that I have my Twitch, which is Squiggy Plays, and on that I have been playing Metal Gear Solid, the original one. Um, well, the original one, but the PC version of the original one, which, which is pretty, uh, pretty decent. It's it hasn't aged brilliantly. It's still a really good game. Like I've really enjoyed playing it, but yeah. It's, you can see where it's shown its age a little bit. And I think some of the boss fights, like the Psycho Mantis boss, which I talk about all the time, has been like one of the best ones in gaming. It's one of those ones where you kind of want to forget you've ever done it to play it again, if that makes sense. So like, it's really good and how they do it's really good. But when you've seen it once, you've kind of, oh, I know what I need to do sort of thing. So it doesn't have the same impact. But it's still really good. I still really enjoyed that. I have finished that and... I'll be starting Metal Gear Solid 2 on the day this podcast goes live, actually. That's so. actually quite interesting, because I, I'm not a big fan of Metal Gear Solid 2, so as your number one subscriber, Thank you. I'm saying it, I don't, I don't care about other people, as your number <laughs> one subscriber, I will be watching it and judging you and maybe hopefully falling in love with a game that I remember finding painful to get through. Uh, see, I really so, like Metal Gear Solid 2, so hopefully if you tune in, anyone who's watching this could tune in as well. Um, you might pick up some little tidbits and maybe learn how not to play Metal Gear Solid, as 
I remember you saying after my first stream of the original <laughs> Metal Gear Solid, I, was like, I thought you were going to be really good, but you're really not. I was like, I know, I know. I In fairness, that's how shocked I was, is that I didn't really filter it out because I was watching it expecting a Metal Gear Solid Master. And yeah. what I got was that. Yeah. No, I'm not <laughs> like... I know I know my way around Metal Gear Solid games very well. Like I know where to go, what I need to do, how to beat all the bosses and stuff like that. I'm just not very good at the game. I guess it's the idea that my previous username online had FIFA in it, not for be being good at FIFA, but it was related to FIFA. So yeah. people assume that I would be like some sort of FIFA obsessed pro, which yeah. I was not, and I am not. But I guess it's. I guess it's just like a sort of passion thing rather than you being good at. But if you yeah, really like I, I mean, I'm, I think I only, I think I died a couple of times on the first stream, and I think I've died once since like up until finishing the game. And for a game that I haven't played for a long time, I'm taking that as a win. So. I mean, I think it also depends because I feel I remember well, this is sort of related to what you say, but um, Killzone Shadow Fall, I was so good at and put so many hours into it. I'm going to say I'm so good at because I looked at some of the stats the other day and I'm like, oh, I was so good at okay. that game. That's why there's no more Killzones coming because I got good. Um, I did the first level of that, like blindfolded, no no detection, did it all stealthy, knew my way around it, knew where the enemies were, like the back of my hand. That's the point where I guided Slazer through while he played on Twitch. Um, I thought that was the level you would be, but when I take into account Metal Gear Solid 1 is the one you haven't touched in years, it's not surprising. It's kind of like a new experience in some ways because you've played so many games since. Yeah, I mean, I could I could still like guide you through it, but like I can tell no, you where to go, what where you need to do. You may miss a few little details. Like there's a point where I think you forgot there was a camera somewhere, or there was yeah. something you forgot, the briefcase. Yeah. But it was one little thing, and it was like, oh, I thought we would have known that. But then if you haven't played it in years, I can see how. Yeah, like, I kind of I knew there was one around, but I didn't know the exact location of it, whereas if I'd been playing it more. Because if, you, if yeah. you watch the streams after that, when I remember the camera's there, I was like, right, I need to throw that chaff grenade right now, and it's thrown and it explodes just as I get to the camera. Like, perfect timing. So, yeah. But, no, I, I enjoyed going back to Metal Gear Solid. I think I, think I played it on the PS3 when it got when I could download it there, and I think that was the last time I played it, so obviously it's been a full, a while. A full console generation of that, and I've played a lot of Metal Gear Solid games since then, but but no, it was good. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 coming soon, but let's move straight away from that to on this day, so this podcast goes live on the 2nd of February. We've actually made it to February, which is shocking, I know. January feels like it's been a thousand days, but we haven't done that many podcasts in january so that's okay um let's see what we had we had super contra came out in 1990 in japan on the nintendo entertainment system i know nothing about that so i can't talk about that laura on the it's, other hand picked this a, game so it's a classic yeah it's a, the classic run and done by konami i thought you would have known about it at the very least because it's konami no it's the sequel to the original one the original contra Normal Contra. So we've gone from normal yeah. to super. Yeah, pretty much. That's how they uh, used to do uh, sequels back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just an arcade, side scrolling. I've, I've heard a lot Two of people players. praise it. was probably like in his hungover state after celebrating 21 episodes, listening to this podcast going, those idiots. I mean, I played a Contra, but I played a more. <laughs> I'm trying to think what the name of the one I would have played is. Like Contra Four, maybe that was on DS. 
I remember there being um, a, a conjure with a number on it. I just don't know what one. Yeah, I want to say four for the S. I tried it. I didn't pay for it. Like, I, I can't just jump in that series number four. I like it. I just remember playing it to that point. So, yeah, I, I always see it as a classic, but it's like a classic where I think you either really love it and there's, like, really dedicated fans in the series yeah. that are still... But I'm not one of them. I dabbled with it. I thought it was all right, but I was also like, I don't understand why this is so... But yeah, I think it's important <laughs> to mark that it came out. Thank you. <laughs> uh, next on the list is Crazy Taxi that came out in Canada on the Dreamcast in 2002. Right. I ain't gonna lie to you, it was a very weak day for every second and I saw the opportunity to talk about Crazy Taxi when coming up with your list. I absolutely <laughs> love Crazy Taxi. Like, Crazy Taxi is amazing. I remember playing it in the arcades. Like, this is gonna sound weird. So I think it was in Disney World of all places. They had a um, they had like an indoor amusement section in um, in one of the theme parks, and you could play like old games. I had Dreamcast there, and you could play them. Um, and they had like Sonic. I think it was Sonic Adventure, possibly on the Dreamcast was one of them. But they also had Crazy Taxi there, and I loved it. I absolutely fell in love with Crazy Taxi then. And then when it got released on PS2, I think it might have been that year, but it, or might have been the year after. Um, I bought it and I spent so much time playing it. And then obviously it got released on the Xbox Arcade on the 360, I think. Yep, it, it did a little, you know, kept coming out. Yep, and I bought it on there. And I also have it downloaded on my Series X. I'm very impressed with that. I mean, I played it on the Dreamcast when I was a kid because my cousin had one. So it was, it's basically that and the basketball game that I always forget the name of that was M- on NBA Dreamcast. Jam? Yeah, maybe. I know, wasn't the basketball game, I think the boxing one. Sorry, I think NBA. Oh, uh, Ready to Rumble. Yeah. Yeah, that we spoke about that on a previous podcast. Yeah, we did, and I always still forget the name. Basically, <laughs> those two games were the Dreamcast, because that's what I played on my cousin. And Crazy Taxi, I didn't even own it. And yet, I put so many hours on my cousin's console, and then I eventually got it when it got released. I oh, want to yeah. say on the 360, like on one of these releases, I ended up getting it myself eventually. Yeah. And it's just so simple, so fun. I think I have played it in an arcade as well. It's just how they took such a simple concept. And yet it's still, it's, it doesn't, it feels ageless because the graphics aren't amazing right look now. But it's just like, hey, hey, hey. It's like, time to it's make some crazy just... money. Are you ready? Here we go. Yeah, exactly. And uh, what can you say about it? I'm looking forward to what i was actually googling while you were talking there because i know it has a spiritual successor coming well sort of in a Is taxi it called chaos. Super, super crazy taxi no taxi chaos that's due out later this month oh i'll be getting i know that. we're like i know we're lagging behind but uh eventually i will end up with that coming to switch ps4 and xbox one i mean i don't know how much is done by team six games using that but i saw it dubbed the uh spiritual uh, the yeah. spiritual successor and that kind of i didn't need to read any more to be honest I might have to look into that, but yeah, yeah that so was Taxi Chaos. That was one of my favorite games back then. Uh, moving on to another game that I, I think we both probably enjoyed, um, FIFA Street came out in two thousand and two, also on the Xbox, PlayStation, and GameCube in America on February the second. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I am big into that street football, and I was excited when it returned, and then I'm not anymore. But good memories of FIFA Street. Yeah, I I really like FIFA Street. I think. To be honest, I think I probably got it from Blockbuster. Remember that name? 
on uh, yeah, I do. probably Same on launch way. because FIFA Street, and I really liked it. And I remember using the C stick to do tricks on the GameCube. Oh, it was a good game. And then I think I ended up buying FIFA Street like two and three, and then obviously excited for Volta Football, which is nothing like FIFA Street. I can't even find a game on Volta Football, just for the record. I've so never. We, we, should, we should try and play it off, off, off record. We should try and play it and see what it's like. I need it. Yeah, if you want to get to get the other two as well, if you play one thing and then there's a trophy. Yeah. Get them all playing. I think to be fair, based on the fact that I couldn't find a game the other day, we just search for individual games and probably find each other. Yeah. There but, we go. Let's do that. Uh, but I think for Street, I thought I remember at the time thinking, you know, I remember the talk. Oh, it's just another cash in. You know, you don't need another FIFA game. Blah blah blah. So I'm happy. It's just a mode in the game. Now, yeah. like that's where it's evolved to. But I don't know. There was something about that FIFA Street. Maybe because it was that generation where we started getting a lot of FIFA. No, ugh, sorry, getting a lot of street vibes in football. Like it was like a thing they pushed for a while. The adverts. I think they yeah. remember going on about it a bit more. Cage football being a big popular thing. It just felt like a different experience. It was the. Um, it was cool. the Nike advert, wasn't it? I think was so. The, yeah, the Nike I could advert. It was somewhat. There was loads of it. I remember there was a whole thing with Rudy. Oh, was it, no, oh, was it Pepsi? I can't remember which one it was, but it was one of those two. But I remember it, and that's kind of what got me interested in it. And then when there was, I was like, there's a game based on the advert? I'm in. <laughs> based on the advert. Instead of like movie um, tie-ins, advert tie-ins. But I do think, obviously, street football had that whole vibe at that time with the outfits and stuff like that. Because it's the same way where I see Need for Speed or something of its time. <laughs> Sounds really bad, because I know it's still like around but you know what i mean get that neon lights on your car the fast and furious movies will pump in yeah. that's how i see Cer- certain games like, certain games had certain like generations sort yeah. of thing yeah because like, think football was getting on the rise it was getting cool it was like a swagger about it yeah because really like, if you think about that as well like burnout paradise was brilliant for its time and i mean i know it got re-released yeah. and we played quite a bit of it but it never it never captured what the old one was like, and then obviously the I think Need for Speed did a, a version, like five yeah. or six years later, and it was like, oh, it's done, it's done like like Burnout Paradise, and it just wasn't as good because I think okay. the times had changed. To be fair, I think the original Burnout Paradise did benefit from those Xbox Live Vision cameras and people's faces popping up when they oh, crashed yeah. into you. Burnout Paradise no, is I'm... amazing, but this this isn't yeah. Burnout Paradise. Um, the last game on the list uh, also came out in the US. It came out on Xbox One and PS4. Oh, it came out worldwide on the Xbox One, sorry, in 2018. Yeah, I, UFC 3. I just wanted to talk about a UFC game. I'm going to be honest with you. You I talk about that because I don't know if I played that one, but I played one of them and I hated every minute of it. UFC 3 is the one with Conor McGregor on the front, if that helps you. Uh, I might have played that one. I can't remember now. I always, I always find these games. Um, I've tried them anyway, but yeah. uh, well, it's the one before the current one. So. Oh, that case, no. Okay. Well, basically, you get your UFC action. It looks very realistic. Controls are really cool and stuff. But I always find it weird. This game weird compared to WWE's Justify fifty quid on or something like a retail because it's like there's only certain like there's not much to work with. You're a big fan of UFC. I get it, but. I didn't find it the only most fun game to. Yeah, I feel like there's more depth because it's like it's just like boxing games for me that are the same because oh, all you no, do is I'll, you box. No, not fight night three. That is a classic and don't but, even. But yeah, but that that's because that implemented like a brand new control scheme and stuff. But like for me, mm. like fighting like well maybe not fighting games but like UFC and fight night they're just like 
symbol in a ring two people trying to pummel each other but like with wrestling games like you've got tag team you've got the different kinds of matches there's like so yeah, much you can do and there's like so if maybe you don't want to just do a one-on-one you'd be like all right we'll do a tag team or we'll do a tlc match a tornado tag there's so many options whereas ufc is like right we're going to go one-on-one in the octagon it's going to be this many rounds because that's what we've got to do and i'm gonna put you in a rear naked chokehold and beat you that might be a UFC move. That might be a wrestling move. That might just be a self-defense move. I'm not too sure. I think it is one of those ones. If you know your UFC, like the back of your hand, like the tactics of it and stuff like that, you do get more out of it because I do know more about, this sounds so weird. I'm bragging about knowing about boxing, but like the boxing, I find enjoyable when you're like, you've got a shorter reach and you're finding braids around it. So you've got to get your speed, you know, your fight speed. Maybe I'm a little bit into boxing. I but I just wanted to talk about UFC games because I was kind of intrigued because it, I do feel like it should be a bigger franchise than it is, basically. Yeah. Because I still crave a new fight night. Like, fight night free and everything was perfection and they've done things. It's been a while, but there isn't really much for the boxing. But with UFC, like, they get them yearly, but I just never see... I see a little bit of buzz from just the little community that is the UFC fan, or the big community that is the UFC fan base. But, like, general video gamers, it doesn't really seem to get that respect. Yeah. But you only ever hear good things. So that's why I wonder. Because these WWE games haven't been great in recent times. We're not going to hide that in our opinions. I feel like you're not going to argue with it either. I but can't argue with that. I've not played one for a while, but I cannot argue that. It's still a game that video gamers seem to know when it's out. You know what I mean? You see it front and centre on stores. You see the adverts for it all the time. You know what I mean? You see video game websites talk about it. One of the review yeah. embargo lists, it's talked about. UFC, I always find, comes out quietly. It's always a stealth release. You'll see a little buzz <laughs> Self-release. And I'm just always surprised that it's not a big franchise. So I just yeah. yeah. No, I I agree with that. That's a that's a good uh, good thing to say. I think. Um. So that is all that we have for on this day. So let's move on to our first second topic of the show. Depend how you want to go about it. So we decided this week that because our next episode is out on the 16th of February, that it's a bit too late. I know we are lagging behind, but it's a bit too late to talk about love and Valentine's Day you know, after Valentine's Day, although it would be fitting with our name. So we thought we'd make this one our <laughs> Valentine's Day special kind of thing. Um, so Laura wants to talk about something in good, bad and weird, which, to be perfectly honest, I have absolutely no input to. So this is going to be Laura's monologue. So Laura, Thank you can you. take it away. So good, bad and weird. I was like, what can we do involving love? How can I tie this in? How? You know what I came up with? Dating simulation games. Squeaky, cue your excitement because I'm about to sell you on about a couple of them. Is this like Tinder the game? No. However, stop treating Tinder like a game. You might get more success. (laughs) Thank you. Dating advice (laughs) with Laura. Thank you. Carry on. You're welcome. Um, Obviously, it could be a bit weird and cheesy. And I do think the team markets where a lot of them go. Respect. Up top. High fives. But there are some that are very entertaining and obviously fall into the good and the weird category. And I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to drop you some examples here. I think you'll even know this one, Squiggy. Uh, come out in 2019 and featured everyone's favourite fast food mascot, Colonel Sanders. I love you, Colonel Sanders. Bring me down, Squiggy. What? No. What? It's a game. Do you not know this? Where they, it was a sexy Colonel Sanders. No. It's free. It's free on Steam, and it's amazing. 
it's like a parody of a dating sim, but basically it is a dating sim. The objective is you've got a like romance, a fictional version of the KFC founder Colonel Saunders, who is like an attractive classmate at a cooking school. And when I say attractive, he has been drawn with muscles young. He has the goatee and the glasses, but it's literally like you wouldn't recognise him. I'm I'm not sure what to say about this, but please say your next game gets a little bit better. No, no, no! This game is hilariously fun. It's a parody. Granted, it got a little. It's a little short and sweet, but it's free, right? For one, and Peter, it doesn't have much emotional depth. Was one of the reviews I read. And I was like, how much emotional depth? You're romance to the guy who's famous for chicken here. Yeah. <laughs> You're romance to um, the chicken guy. Honestly, some of the jokes about it, some of the stuff in it, the interaction, the dialogue, it's just honestly fun to play. Not in a weird way, even though I can see why I'm putting it in weird, because, you know, you didn't expect to see that coming. I was not um, expecting just, that one bit. Yeah, but it is hilarious. Hilarious, and I recommend it completely. So I feel like I might get you to download the Steam, or at least look at pictures of uh, Colonel Sanders in this game. That's something that I never thought I'd ever hear on a podcast. You should Google pictures of Colonel Sanders. With <laughs> you really should. It's it's just, it's a delight. Right, the other game that's really fun to play, and I haven't actually personally played it, but I watched um, a YouTuber play it because I was generally intrigued when I saw this on Steam. So visual novels, dating sims, there's a little bit of a crossover because it is a lot of, you know, but this is done by Game Grumps. Are you familiar with them, Squiggy? I've, I've heard of them, so we're getting somewhere now. Right, they made the game Dream Daddy, a dad dating simulator. <laughs> oh and I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. It's like an interactive visual novel, but um, you can choose. There's up to seven different files to choose from. There's little mini games, there's multiple endings. You can customize the appearance of your player's character. You basically, the basic story is you have a you're a single father, you move to a new town with your daughter Amanda, where all these fathers live who are mostly single, and you have the option to romance one of them. Like, so it's daddy dating daddy. And <laughs> I feel like I'm losing you on this one, but it's hilarious. I really wish we'd done like a visual and podcast for this, because you should see some of the faces <laughs> I'm pulling as you talk about this. There's some good heartfelt emotional stuff where you're bonding with your kid. Like, I want a YouTuber play it, and I don't want to advertise the YouTuber, because they already have enough subscribers, but obviously, no, but if you played this, I would generally get you more subscribers. I would go out and get, I would force people to watch You just pay for subscribers. Again, we would, and it would be so worth it, but it's lighthearted, <laughs> it's funny, it's a, it's just, just, it's just, it's just a different take on a dating sim with the whole dream daddy thing. Honestly, I can't, I can't spend it's just, oh, it's just so, yeah. But I, I can understand why you might put it in the weird column. It's not what you expect when you hear the phrase "dream daddy." No, um, no, it's it's really not. So, it's not what I was expecting at all. You know what? I, I have to admit, I've actually played. The, I played the next one on this list. So how many's on your I, list? It's quite, it's quite a few. I've, I've got you covered. Uh, let's, just, let's just cut that. This list is getting weird. Let's just uh, let's cut okay, this okay, list okay. down. Okay, I'm going to say Sprung deserves an honourable mention. Sprung, I remember Sprung. I, yeah, that was on DS because I still I looked up the game the other when we were talking about games. A, something came up on this and I had to Google it because I found out the tagline is a game where everyone scores and I thought can't be the tagline of FIFA, but of them. But that comes to me. So, but um, yeah, Sprung teams. Storylines, a bit like the choices games that always advertise. 
on phone ads and that's yeah. probably because I'm googling this stuff they're always around but that was had some I remember it having really witty and funny dialogue and it was good clean fun that's right good clean fun that's what I'm here for and the other one <laughs> which I have also played because I was curious um and has been voted the best dating sim game out there so I know this one I know this one uh, it's Hat for Boyfriend yep uh, where you uh, on the outside you're dating some birds and by birds I do mean pigeons, doves uh, I think there's oh, I don't know what the name of the other type of bird it, uh, it's, a big, it's a big bird I, don't know. I didn't learn about birds particularly um, yeah but to be fair it is, I did look this up officially it's set half of boyfriends occurs in a post-apocalyptic world where humanity was wiped out and birds with human intelligence took over as a dominant species so <laughs> there's some really good lines in that and bird puns that's an interesting uh, post-apocalyptic storyline to a game it is um i think there was i do playing it and i got attacked and killed off by a crow in one story arc or something happened it's something really dark happened, so is this like a survival like... horror dating game it took a really bad turn. <laughs> but there's all different story arcs, and sometimes you get the bird, if sometimes you don't get the bird. I mean, just. I don't know how to describe that more to you. There's loads of um, games out there that I've discovered from uh, doing my research for this segment. Some I don't want to go into, but I do want to say there are some bad ones as well. And I mean, like, the ones that are just basically slap on a uh, decor style. So, like, I haven't played it, so maybe it's better than it sounds. Something like Miami Nights, Singles in the City, which just seems to be some weird basic dialogue. Customize your outfits. Go, it's set um, in Miami. Go to Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go on the pole in Miami. Because cool. it's the same way I want to put this in the bad. Is um, obviously I mentioned the choices stuff earlier, and while I was researching, because I've never actually played one surprisingly, played out of a boyfriend, but them choices games with like. Um, I think they do like a maybe a gossip girl one or like a royal family thing. They do themed ones to get people in or whatever. It's like it's meant to be they're free on mobile. You get them on mobiles. I'm not into mobile gaming to be honest. Like no, choose your own adventure book style. So choice yeah. is the story you play. But basically, the way I put it on the bad is because I ended up coming up on an article about how much you could spend on microtransactions in that game because the only way to get diamonds to get better outfits and stuff is to basically pay your real life money and i was like i just i hate games that do that so i'm gonna put that in the bad side of dating sims yeah that's a good place to put that one i think by the sounds yeah of it. i'm sure people enjoy them but i was reading someone saying that it's like um it's like when you play any of them sort of puzzle games with your mobile you can get away without putting your money in but it it's to the point where do this or you have to time out or wait or to get this outfit, you're going to need so much, many of these diamonds that the only way to effectively get them in time for the story is, like, pay money. And I just feel sometimes it's just a bit... I get that's how they make their money and all that stuff, and it's that, but I just always hate those sort of things. So, yeah, I put that in. Because I think people get addicted to them, basically. And... Let's be honest, when you can get I Love Colonel Sanders for free on Steam, that's all you <laughs> why, need, baby. Why pay for microtransactions for all these other games? Yeah, 
And that is why doubt the creepy uh, dating sim review and why it's good, bad, and weird. Granted, I did sort of play these more when I was a teenager, but I had a boyfriend. I was just like, as a pigeon dating sim. Which you played when you were a fully grown adult. <laughs> I played it when I was at university getting a degree. Shocking. Wow. Wow. I have not played any of them, as I said at the start, and <laughs> the only the only one that actually appeals to me is Hat of a Boyfriend, because it sounds like it could actually it's be crazy. hilarious. It, it's wild. Like, like, I'm going to be honest with you. There is a point where, if you're going into them, I don't know why you'd be going into them looking for rope, but you know that sort of taking them seriously. Yeah, because yeah, I take my pigeon dating seriously. No, no, but I mean, like, the stuff the that... pigeon outside Greg's on Northumberland Street. <laughs> Right, but the stuff like um, there's no humour to them. So I'm, like Sprung has humour to it, but I think it's meant to be more like a teen those hookupy sort. You know what I mean? It's meant to not be taken serious is the wrong word, but it's not like hearted. Like you know what I mean? It's meant to be yeah. the whole point. But some of them are just like this is funny. Date Colonel out Saunders or Sanders, whatever. Sanders, so Sanders. If you get his name wrong, he won't date you. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I just get all hot and flustered around him because he's just so good looking now. <laughs> wow. But, um, let's let's move on very quickly after that. <laughs> um, I'm joking. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but um, yeah. But if you take them as a light-hearted, funny comedy, like we're gonna move into something where we're gonna talk about some witty dialogue. I just, I just a bit of light-hearted fun sometimes. That's all I'm saying. Alpha boyfriend. It's just. Amazing! I remember playing it just sort of my jaw was on the ground at some of the storylines and the lines because I'm like I can't believe I'm dating a, this is like a dating bird game. I can't I'm believe I'm dating a pigeon. I really wanted an eagle. <laughs> Squee, come on now, you got to lower your standards. This is what this is once again. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So so. Let's let's move on to our last our last topic. Uh, we've had dating games. We've had. My date in life, basically summed up by Laura there a few times. Thanks, Laura. Um, so let's let's move on to love in gaming. So you know, there's there's different types of love in gaming. There is there is the the gaming booty calls you could call them. There is the actual gaming true romances, and there's also like the love of friends or like a father and son kind of love, a father daughter kind I mean, of love. There's all of that. Familiar so, love. I mean, it's unrequited love in some video games, I would assume. Yeah, yeah. So I thought we'd talk about a few of them. Um, I have a couple that I've written down. I feel Laura's got a few as well. Um, <laughs> my pigeon. My first pigeon. Yes, uh, my first pigeon. Really... And then my second pigeon. Um, so I'll, <laughs> I'll go straight in with, obviously, a Metal Gear Solid one, because why not? So this is a kind of... I don't really know how to explain the romance. It's between the boss and naked snake so like who who becomes big boss in later metal gear solid games from metal gear solid 3 so like the boss was kind of like it was kind of like a master apprentice relationship but i do think that like i wouldn't say love but i think there was like a, a lot of respect between them in that way um and i think when you get to sort of the end of the game you have to pull the trigger yourself to kill her and the way the game kind of goes is like you can't, you don't want to, and I find myself not wanting to because of, like, the love between the two of them, if that makes sense. So, like, it's not a it's not a love of, like, Snake wants to burn the boss love, but it's, like, a a respect love and, like, a, a master-apprentice kind of love sort of thing. 
Anakin and Obi, they were brothers, but like there's a little bit more complication because of the age difference and Metal yeah. Everything. yeah, it's ki- it's kind of similar to that where like because they've probably spent so much time together in the training and everything, and like she's probably looked after him for a lot. There's that kind of love slash romance there a little bit. And I really like how that one goes. I think it's a very good, a very good one. It's not a like a love sort of love, love, love. If that makes sense. I really said love a lot there to prove that point. But it's it's I, one I way you can kind of. It's one no, where you no, kind no. of like you can get the feelings between the two of them, like the the respect and everything, and how he doesn't want to kill her, and all of that. And if you play Peace Walker as well, it it kind of digs into it a little bit more, like the sort of the love that he had for her and everything. And it kind of it 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 kind of starts Big Boss's downfall in a way because if you if you watch if you play Peace Walker, that explains a lot more of it. And then obviously it it goes into Metal Gear Solid Five and so on like that. So um. Yeah, that's that's a that's my one to start with. I have a couple more. I don't know if you want to take one now, Laura. Oh, well, in the sense that it's you've metal, mentioned Metal Gear Solid, I will mention that the uh, even Solid Snake reference love. I mean, it's a little bit more sexual innuendo, maybe a little even, bit. Ingen- even a big bus one. But yeah. yeah, it's a little bit ingenuine at the start, maybe, but then it seems to become secretly genuine. I that's how I read it. Yeah, well, if you um, if you know more of the backstory, basically, basically, she's in as a as an agent spy. I don't know if she's there to help Snake. I can't remember how many twists they are, and <laughs> she obviously needs to get close to him to help do certain things. Um, but then after the after that, I think it becomes more of a more of a love because she actually gives birth to Snake's to Big Boss's three children. Yeah, so there's a lot there to unpack but that is the first time I actually understood the plot because it was the most normal thing to happen in Metal Gear Solid 3 and then that helped me work together all the others and actually understand what was going on yeah. so that's sort of an honourable mention for that but if I'm going to talk on another level because um, I know you won't mention this before you uh, wow us Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption John Marsden's love for his wife and his family across both is probably ridiculously powerful I mean the whole, even like uh, Red, I was like Red Dead Redemption Two, which is a prequel. Yeah, it's a prequel, isn't it? I was like, that is right. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I've not played it. I've not played either of them. Yeah, well, oh well, the first one's about John Marston and he's like, you know, getting his way back to his family and you know all that stuff. Whereas number two, he's sort of the side character and he just loves down. Just, I mean, that any character that fights the end of the earth, and, you know, tries to protect their family. That's yeah. a strong love. I just wanted to mention how beautiful that is. I don't want to say any spoilers because, you know. Okay. Shall I, shall I go to the next one? Yeah. So, again, this isn't a, a lovey dovey one. This is a, a father daughter kind of love, even though they are not father and daughter. It is Joel and Ellie in. The Last of Us. I'm not going to talk about The Last of Us 2. I could not tell you what happens in there. It could turn out that he's actually a psychopath and he tries to murder her many times. I don't think that's the case. But I'm going to go based on Last of Us 1 that obviously Joel loses his daughter right at the start. Um, and then later on obviously meets Ellie and you can kind of see how much he does love Ellie. Like He treats her like a daughter. He teaches her how to swim, which you actually find out in The Last of Us 2 at the start of it. Um and obviously, he does a lot of things to, to keep her safe. And I read something which I thought was quite funny, that he'll do anything for Ellie and literally buy anything, 
plunging the rest of the world into eternal zombie-ridden darkness. And if that doesn't say love, I don't know what else will. <laughs> because obviously he doesn't let, he doesn't let her be killed at the end of the first one to. Yeah, it's quite dramatic the way you said that. Yeah, it makes it sound a lot worse than it is, but it's honestly, it's one of the best, I think it's one of the best non-like lovey-dovey gaming relationships in a game, like because of the hurt that he's gone through when he lost his daughter, and you kind of feel that pain as well because you play through that part of it right at the start, to then obviously play through the rest of the game where you've kind of taken Ellie under your wing, but she's she's got a bit of attitude as well, like I think the chemistry's really good between the two of them, which is why I really Mm. like it. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorite like gaming relationship relationships in that way, if you know what I mean. I get that. I mean, the bat off each other. I mean, we go from the sort of you know similar vibes because they have the games like common, but you got to talk about the Uncharted series as well, have we not? We do. Uh, we do. What did you um, call Nate. Elena? <laughs> Nate's piece of ass. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't remember her name. Um, Baylena. I mean, Nate would call her. I mean, I would never call her Baylena. That's for sure. But, um, <laughs> she's she's cool. She's cool. She's good. she's groovy. Yeah, I I, um, I do like them because it's like, isn't it in the oh which one is it? Is it the second one or the third one where obviously Nate's there with Chloe and she gets really jealous, and it's really fu- and it's really funny like how that plays off as well. I always found that really funny because you already know that. Elena and Nate kind of do like each other at that point. Yeah, but it's like... And then is it, is it yeah. the third one where they haven't spoke for ages and that's when he needs her help? Or is that no, no, one? it must be the, it must be the first, second one because the third one starts with them like on a sofa, don't it? All sort of ready to... No, that's the, fourth, that's the fourth one. Oh, yeah, that's the fourth one, so it must be third. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I, 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 do, I do like their relationship. I really like everything of that. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you throw it in Chloe. They have, to be fair, I, I feel like it's the most movie romance going, which is probably why they're moving and trying to movie, in the sense that it's kind of like, they have that, I hate you, I can't stand you chemistry. And then, but it's like, we secretly like each other. And then it's yeah. like, they put like the um, distraction, like Chloe's awesome and sort of flirting all that. But there's no long term plan with her and Nate. Sort of. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's still he wants it. But there's like the jealousy and how like thing that is, and then it's you know, you know t- it's tied all in together and spoiled. You know they do end up together and happy and. Yeah, it's like um, it's like a James Bond movie where obviously there's always there's always a girl and the girl normally hates Bond to start with. Yeah, he's like, and, oh, I can't stand you. Yeah, and obviously by the end they're sleeping together, but there's always another one in there. There's always another one. Sorry, there's always like another female character in there who's like a strong female character, which kind of not gets in the way, but obviously. No, she's like, yeah, she stirs the pot and forces them to admit how they feel. That's kind of like her point in it. Yeah. Effectively. Yeah. It's kind of like if she's in the way, sort of flirting with Nate or that, then there's got to be some sort of action. Yeah. So that that was on my list as well. Actually, I mean, in terms of we got to mention story arcs like uh, where you get to choose like Mass Effect and Dragon Age because let's be fair, I've covered this before, but I was like Caden, but then in number two he's not in it, and I wanted the uh, trophy for romance in someone, so I was like, Pain seems a nice alien, and then number three 
some of us had balls and made a decision because you have to pick one if you're not playing, just hoping for the best squiggy and um, breaking Fane's heart and then he sacrificed himself to save you. Not great. <laughs> no, in, in fairness, in fairness, I did pick one eventually. Did you tell them? No, I think, I actually think Ashley there died. There so... we go. I kind of picked Miranda because I didn't really have much of a choice. But I was going to pick Miranda anyway. I just never got around to telling Ashley what that I picked you, Miranda. Uh, what did you effectively call Miranda throughout the whole game? Uh, we're not going to talk about that. Let's move on to... Oh, oh, cool, cool. So, mm. so one of my other ones, this is not a romance. This is a bromance. Oh. I want to see if you can oh. guess it. Oh, God. Oh, I probably was going to say Mel, but so I can't in there. I don't think. Jesus. No, it's not Metal Gear Solid. There's um, no bromance. Call of Duty has some bromances. But it's that's... not Call of Duty. Oh, you just made me think of one. Um, thank you. Uh, I can't guess it. Um, it, you, it. The games that you play over my head. I am, I am very surprised that you haven't got this one. It is Gears of War. Marcus and Dom. Oh no, that is a terrible bromance. The absolute, bros. The absolute bromance nah. between them. It's amazing. I. Honestly, like right. Gears of War stories are pretty much arse, to be fair. Let's be honest. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you, right? I don't think you've played the Mafia trilogy, right? Not yet, no. Yeah, you remind me, Mafia Two, Joe and Vito. Now that is a bromance. You will play that, and by the end, there will be single tears weeping down your eyes, and you'll be saying, "Marcus and Dom barely know each other." I lo- honestly, I love the Marcus and Dom bromance. I think it's right. amazing. From breaking him out of the prison um, at the start, and then he sacrifices himself at the end. It's just... Nah, 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 nah. I think it's just great because like they've been friends for, for like ever as well. I think it's... I really like it. Honestly, I think it's great. I, I mean, I know okay, I'm saying it's I, great in that there's obviously the bit where his he finds his wife dead, but like Marcus is there. <laughs> I just I oh. honestly I just think it's really good. I think the four of them together, like Baird and Cole, I think the all four of them are really like it's like a f it's like a four way bromance really, but don't say four way. But I had to oh. just pick Dom and Marcus for that one because they were my they were my favourites. Okay, I'm gonna say Jerem Vito from Mafia Two and I can't really say too much because it'd be massive spoilers and I want you to play this game. But if anyone that's listening has played Mafia 2 and you were not put on an emotional journey between true love between bros, like their friendship, you literally, Squiggy, the story made me sad. And you know I don't have really ro- I'm a robot with that sort of thing. Robot. Honestly, yeah. I was moved. I was moved. I, I can't... If you think Marcus and Dom are close, nah. Jeremy Vito will melt your heart. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be sitting. You, I'll get a text from you when you finish playing, going, "I can't play another game. I've <laughs> been hit. I've been hit so emotionally. I cannot play yeah, another game." Yeah, honestly, you will be pulling the curtains and bringing out the Hagen Dass or Ben and Jerry's if you so. Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, but I honestly though. think. I know. I mean, any ice cream's good, and if they're willing to sponsor, like them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a the that made me think of the bromance there, and I forgot how powerful that love is between two guys who effectively are friends, but they're more like brothers. That yeah. is the real deal. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, trying to think of any other loves, but the only other one I had, which is kind of like it's not, I wouldn't say it's love, but it's like it's kind of it's kind of like a romance kind of thing. It's Master Chief and Cortana. <laughs> but again, I don't really think I don't like I don't think much of that one. But a lot of people 
think a lot of it, and I just think it's I... it's a guy with a woman in her head, in his head. Oh, and that's all I see. Like... That's all I get from that. It might be because we did the segment earlier, but as Master Chief playing the dating sim, and he's falling yeah. in love with the dating sim. That's how I find that. To yeah, be honest. I just um, wanted to mention it because like a lot yeah. of people think it's it's really good. Like Master Chief obviously loves Cortana, and I'm like, really? I get annoyed when she keeps popping up telling us to do this, this, and this, and I'm like, back off, back off, pet. But yeah, love love works in different ways, I suppose. But that's that's <laughs> the only other one that I could think of off the top of my head. Um, I don't know if you've got any more. If anyone listening wants to let us know of any more, some of their favourite video game romances, there's some that I've found on a list, which I have not played any of the games for, so I couldn't tell you. Cloud and Tifa from Final Fantasy VII, no idea. Titus and Yuna from Final Fantasy X, from Final Fantasy X. Max and Chloe, Life is Strange, there are a few that have been listed. Oh, oh no, let's not mention that. That's... No, no, no. That's a Laura faux pas, that was... I thought it was a friendship kiss, Squiggy. I thought it was a friendship kiss. I have no idea what's going on, to be honest. So basically, it becomes romantic if you sort of there's a scene where you can kiss them or rewind time and not kiss them. But I didn't get the vibe that I thought it'd be fine because I thought the kiss wasn't romantic. It was like yeah. you know, like it's just they were really sad. Once again, I'm not going around kissing people who are just friends. <laughs> Not, that sounds really weird. but I didn't get the content. I didn't. I was so blinded to their sort of that chemistry yeah. and that vibe. I didn't even think about it. So, um, and you could tell I didn't because I also if you can romance. There's a guy that Matt can romance. I think in that, and I just had them both on the go because I didn't realise I was leading Chloe on. So, um, yeah, that was an experience for me. <laughs> Yeah. It was a faux pas, and I was actually that reminds cool. that reminds me harvest moon i got told you could romance the um the the woman who worked in the bar so i thought right <laughs> i'm gonna give this a go she rejected me never spoke to her after that the rejection in video game is actually uh worse yeah i'm putting i'm putting that out there because the Stardew Valley, I, mean, I, I don't think I've ever felt so rejected when every farmer was like, no, I've got plans. They were all at the dance. I saw them. I was there. <laughs> you could have... Oh, I was not happy. There's, there's another one which I've kind of... I kind of remembered a little bit of it, but I had to do a little bit more research about it. So I don't know if you've played it. Shadow of the Colossus? Nope. But... So I've, I've played it, and it's... There is a bit of a love story there. Some Like, if Slayer was here, he'd probably pick this one out straight away. But um, basically, the the person you play, I think, is the Wanderer. And every time you kill a coloss, a colossi, a colossus, um, Mono, who is the the female, she gets more more life back, if that makes sense. And but as you kill them, you're kind of like, in a way, you're sacrificing yourself for her. But you don't know about that. I don't think. 
So yeah. when when you slay the last um, colossi, colossus, or whatever you want to call it, um, she's revived, but your character is kind of he basically just dies a very painful death, um, and you don't see him again. So that's a nice way to end that love story, and probably the segment. Mean... Tragically, I like how you like. You know what? I'm gonna save this love story to last. And I'm yeah. Like, Tell me wish, more. And then it's I like. I wish I left and... Marcus and Dom to the end. That's a proper oh, love story. God. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of love in video games because obviously video games are effectively movies and all that. Yeah. Um. And it's nice, like that sort of vibe. But um, yeah. It's what it is. You've really just gone me out with the whole death thing. And you made me think of um, Vito and Joe. So now I'm, so I'm just, I, I thought we'd do a love podcast. And I go off with all love in my heart. But all you've done is uh, depress me a little bit. <laughs> well, I apologise. But obviously, if anyone wants to let us know of any of their favourite gaming romances, tweet us at Behind Lagan on Twitter. Let us know some of yours. Um, and I think we will wrap the show up there. So... This was the Lagging Behind podcast um, every Tuesday, every other Tuesday on Anchor.fm, iTunes and Spotify. 9am you can listen to us. Um, please drop us a follow or five stars or subscribe on whichever podcast service you are using. I think I covered them all off there with all the different things you can do. Please follow us on Twitter at Behind Lagging. Laura loves the socials on there. So she's always, always tweeting about what podcast <laughs> is going live and what's going to be on there. You can follow me at either John J Squires or it's Squiggy Plays, which is obviously also my Twitch account where you can see me play through Metal Gear Solid. You might see me and Laura play some other games. There's F1, FIFA, Call of Duty. There's a few on there. And you can follow Laura at... Laura Law and talk to me about Colonel... <laughs> and talk to Laura about Colonel Sanders, yes. If you have followed Laura because of this podcast, slide into her DMs and just with the words Colonel. That's all you need to do. Actually, please don't, because that would probably get me in trouble with the wrong people. Possibly, but it'd be quite uh, funny. But anyway, this was uh, the High Podcast, episode 21. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in two weeks for episode 22. Slezo might be back by then, hopefully, but we will find out. Hey. But have a good couple of weeks, and we'll see you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>